Welcome back to Who the Fuck Are These Guys? How are you, Mako Shark? Hi, Matty C. I'm good, mate. I'm good. It's uh, it's great to be back again, mate. I tell you what, every single week we cop the same shit trying to get this technology going. It tries to flatten my mood, Matty, but I won't let it. I'm not going to let it flatten me mood. It's Ep29. It's Gary Jr. It's the GOAT. It's Camp Guthrie, and I'm ready. I'm ready. I had a little t- tremor in my shark voice there. I was, I was yes. remnants of a bad technology experience. Tell you what wasn't bad, though. It was Mark of the Century by number 29, Gary Moorcroft. And uh, that, is, that is where I'm coming from with you today. Uh, lovely little Gary Moorcroft episode 29. Big, exciting. Just we've jammed a few in, haven't we? Sub 30. We've jammed some fucking things in. But I don't know. I reckon this one's a pretty good one too. Left of centre. People might not have thought we'd have a man like this on just at this early stage. But we've, uh, we've managed to continually rise and continually get the best young blokes that deserve a chat. And who have we got this week? Mate, I tell you what. Each and every week, the delivering before we get to him let's thank our great sponsors agency gamble responsibly maddie definitely want to gamble responsibly i reckon there's a few people we know uh thanks to us have, have jumped on the palmer bit multis they've moved from their uh we won't mention who but they've jumped jump ship Absolutely. and they always we always ensure that they're doing it responsibly always make a show 100 percent, mate 100 percent. but you are uh, yeah, yeah you touched on it Episode 29, we've got another ripper on this week. Each and every week it continues. We've got a, one of Australia's greatest prospects. He's not even a prospect anymore. He's just one of Australia's no. greatest boxers. Jai Opataya, he is on the pod, the big fella. Only weeks away, oh Matty, from uh, oh fighting for boy. a world title on the Gold Coast. Can you believe this? Well, I look, I, I can. I can believe that there'd be another Aussie fighting for a world title in some form of combat sports that we haven't heard enough about in mainstream media. And it actually annoys me, right? Because mm. this man's 21-0 with 17 KOs and he's fighting for a legitimate world title that will, if and when he wins, is going to put him onto the absolute world stage. And then all of a sudden, all these places, oh, have you heard about Joe? All they, they jump oh. on. We're shocking in this country. So I can believe 100%. that there's a, a man fighting for a world title that we haven't had much fanfare about. But I tell you... It's gonna be a fucking. It's gonna be a layup for him. I, I just, I just got a good feeling after chatting to him and a bit about his story and a bit about what's going on. I just feel like this is just one that's set up to uh, to suit him and suit the country and suit all his suitors. And I tell you what, look out, world, because there's a man coming. He's only twenty six. Big man, a big, strong, active man. And as you said, a lot of people are gonna hear the name after this happens, mate. It's a little bit uh, like the George Cambosis uh, syndrome, a little bit like. Obviously, the boxing purists knew all about him, but then he goes over, wins the world title, and then, whoop, look out. We're talking bandwagons everywhere. We're talking people jumping on. It's like those trains in India, mate, with the people hanging off the sides and on the top. That's the bandwagon on the George Cambosis. So we're going to see like the Japanese trains, you know, when you get the the conductors, the Japanese trains, the conductors come and push them. That's what what will be going on. Yeah, get them on. Get them on board. But we're on board. We're driving pushes. Before we we are, mate. That, We're on top of this train. Can you, can you just give the listeners a little, just a, you know, because we got to thank our listeners, but there's always new ones. With each guest, we bring a new demographic, a new guest, a new person, a new listener. Maybe just give them like a really quick, uh, just a little rundown of what they might or might not hear post the interview, and we'd like them to stay around, wouldn't we, Mako Shark, and then take us in. Yeah. Yeah, we would, mate. Always like them to stick around. We've got a lot on this week. So we'll get to the interview momentarily. After that, we're going to have a little shark tank. I'm going to bake someone or something. 
We're going to mm-hmm. just cover what happened in the UFC, Matty. There's a huge pay-per-view <laughs> on the weekend. We are going to really uh, get teeth into that. There was a, uh, a Ooh, boxing yes. event, one of the all-time greats. Uh, might have had a loss, Matty. We'll get to that. So, yeah, a lot to talk about, a lot to get through. So uh, let's get to it. Jai Okutai, here he comes. Said he gon' come back, I ain't know nothing, know nothing I load up and start running, I load up and I'm gone like I'm getting super comfy on these beats Watch me charge a rapper, put him in the ground and then to sleep Bless him, rest in peace, this the shit that's coming at the P Mr. Nobody, zero dollars in my bank account But I'ma get my fee, we the Polynesian CDE Put up on the phone and tell him that the Usos gotta eat Power to the peeps This shit go too crazy, I got flows on flows They don't know, I got it, they don't know all righty, Huda fuckers, we are back again this week with another big episode. We have Jai Opatai with us here today, mate. Thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm good, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. It's good to be on the podcast. Mate, it's good to have you here. It's good to have you here. It's a very exciting time to be uh, a Jai Opatai fan, I reckon. you got a lot happening. The big um, fight, the world title fight. Let's, let's talk, mate. Let's get into it straight away. Um, yeah, fighting... Uh, Marius Breedis, um, he's been uh, for the IBF world title. He's been um, up the top, you know, holding the title for quite a while. He's only got one loss, and it's uh, to Alexander Usyk. So, you know, he's pretty uh, he's pretty seasoned. But um, yeah, is this the sort of fight, mate, that uh, you, you you win here and it opens up? Is it one of those fights? It's like the keys to the chamber type of fight. You. You've sort of been doing it, going about your business and, you know, you've, you've amassed a, a fantastic record. Is a win here? Is this the fight that sort of takes you to that next level with where you can go and who you can fight after this? A hundred percent, man. This is, uh, yeah. this is what I've been working for, a fight like this. You know, I've been, I've been grinding and grinding, waiting for my opportunity and it's, uh, it's almost there, man. It's almost there. July 2nd on the Gold Coast. Absolutely. Not long. It's, it's very exciting, mate. And, uh, look... A lot of our listeners probably have only recently heard about it. I'd love to ask you, how have you found the sort of media attention? And um, it started to come a little bit of late, but do you have you enjoyed being able to go about your career and get, you know, get to where you are now? And then, you know, you're starting to get a little bit of that sort of media presence and a bit of hype and stuff. Have you enjoyed being able to go about your business without a lot of those eyes? And But now when you're having this big fight, you're starting to get all that. Is that is that a good thing or have you been a little bit put out by some some lesser known guys with a, a record that have been getting a little bit more hype? Just, you know, I used um, Tim Zhu's brother. You know, he's been getting a lot, a lot of hype. He's only had one fight. How, how do you guys or how do boxers in your position find, you know, when you've got a, such a body of work, you know, 21 and 0, um, how do you sort of, how does that sit with you? I, I'm just interested. Uh, man, you know, all we got to do, you know, we just got to focus on ourselves. You know, it's not about, you know, who's in the spotlight or who, you know, if, if you're a real fighter, you focus on yourself, you train hard and your time will come. And I believe my time will come. You know what I mean? Like every, everyone's on their own path. It's not a race. And, uh, right. you know, and like I said, this this is the fight. You know, this fight changes my whole life and it's it's something that i've been working and grinding for for so long so um yeah man like there's and and another thing about you know tim zeus brother and stuff like you know i've met him a couple times we were in the new south wales team together and you know fighter i I respect him you know i i know what it takes to get in the ring i i know the pressure i know you know the training behind the scenes so you know who am i to say he doesn't deserve it you know what i mean so and 
you know, my, my time will come. I, I have no doubt about that, and it's almost here. So, well, I think well, your time's about to come, mate, and we're we're all going to be uh, be fortunate enough to to witness it, mate. How has training gone, and how have you enjoyed the, you know the camp? Because obviously, it's been a long long road to this fight. How have you uh, how have you found the the stall or the time between fights, and how have you enjoyed, I guess, getting ready for this big moment? Um. Man, it's uh, there's there's always changes in boxing, man. There's always uh, you know, pullouts or change dates, you know, especially COVID stuff that's been going around and you know stuff like that. But um, so so we've learned to adapt and learn to sort of go with it. Um, you know, with these big fights, we we have to stay busy, we have to stay training and stay fit. So you know, it's just another day in the office, really. We, we just treat it like any other fight, but um. Man, in, in saying that, though, you know, I'm 26 years old and, you know, we're, we're always progressing. Every, every camp I have is always getting better. You know, every camp, people say, you know, this is my best camp yet. And, you know, that that's exactly how I put it is because, like, every camp I have, we sort of learn from our mistakes from the last camp. You know, our, our dieting's getting better. Our strength conditioning is getting better. Our fitness is getting better. So we're always growing. We're always, you know, improving. Well, you would have had a pretty good camp going up and then you got the injury onto the rib there not too long ago. How's that healed up? And, uh, yeah, give us the goss behind that. Um, yeah, so my last camp, they've uh, had to push the date back because I mm-hmm. I uh, got a rib injury. I had a quick surgery. But, um, man, it, it's all on track. Everything's going completely to plan. Um, you know, I'll, probably a week and a half from now, I won't even be thinking about the injury, you know what I mean? We, we've maintained it. We've done what we had to do. We've done the hard yards with the uh, the injury, and it, now it's just, you know, uh, probably another week of just not being stupid with it, But um, and then it'll just be completely out of our minds and we'll be back into it, uh, you know what I mean? But in saying that, we're still training hard. We're still putting in, you know, everything we can, and yeah. After the rib injury, I'm pretty sure Breedis himself was maybe trying to... Uh look for other options. Is that true? He was trying maybe to, I don't know, I want to say he was ducking you, but do you reckon he was looking for other options once that injury and the, the you know, the reschedule had to happen? A hundred percent, man. A hundred percent was, uh, he, he's looking for, you know, he, he's, he, he's not starving like me, you know, he's not hungry like me. He, he, he's, he's been at the top for so long. Now he's just trying to maintain it, man. I, I'm, I've been scratching and pouring to get there. You know what I mean? I've been doing everything I can in the gym, you know, to be 100% prepared. And he knows that I'm coming 100% ready to fight for a world title. And if he's underestimated me the slightest bit, it's going to show on the fight because we have not underestimated anything about this camp. You know, we've been training hard. Everything's been going good. And, um, yeah, he knows that, you know. He knows I've got everything to gain from this. He knows I'm hungry. You know, I've got the skills to beat him. He knows that as well. And, um, yeah. So uh, he did try and go around me 100% when he found out about the, you know, <clears throat> the change of date. But, um, you know, the IBF, you know, I'm first in mandatory and the IBF had our backs. We uh, we told him what happened and, yeah, so the fight's still on. And I, I was stressing for a few days, um, mm. probably about two days after the injury, I, I was like, I was really stressing because I, I honestly think he doesn't want to fight me, you know what I mean? He's been dressing up promoting you know like just silly stuff he's all he's he's not worried about you know his legacy anymore he's worried about getting a payday and sort of you know so we saw that he was wearing the bloody mario costume and fucking 
singing songs to Jake Paul. He's getting tattoos, all kinds of nonsense. It doesn't look like he's really knuckling down for one of the toughest opponents he's going to face, I would have thought. Um, then, you know, it, he has been all over the social media and stuff. And, you know, it is what it is. He, he can do what he wants, but, you know, it, ha- it hasn't sort of derailed our focus at all, you know. And, and I, I got no doubt he's training hard. You know what I mean? He, he's uh, His trainers and stuff aren't silly, so they, they know not to take me lightly. But, um, yeah, man, he, 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 like I said, if he underestimates me in the slightest bit, it's definitely going to show him the fight. I wonder if it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors on his behalf too, you know, trying to make you almost – because boxing is you – know, we're, we're not we're, we're not boxers, That's but we just like to talk about it. But looking in from a distance, it feels like boxing has an element of that mental side to it as well. And I wonder if him doing all this silly stuff in the background and calling out Jake Paul and doing all this, he's, he's trying to play with your head to maybe make you think, oh, he's not 100% invested. But I guess little does he know that you're not falling for it and, you know, you're going to be fully prepared for him. But I just wonder if that's an aspect of what he's trying to do as well. Man, uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what he thinks or what he thinks going to get to me because it doesn't, you know what I mean? We, we, Our main focus is focusing on our camp and just making sure our everything we do is at 100%. It doesn't matter what he's doing, who he's training with, who he's sparring. All we have to worry about is preparing for our side you know what i mean our, our side's yeah. going to prepare the best and that's how we get our hand raised not worrying about what he's doing just would like to also ask you mate we we, we like to ask the boxers to come on what's your take on that you on the youtube sort of this crossover that's going on do you think it's a ultimately a good thing for boxing because it has more eyes on it or do you think it almost in a in a weird way sort of just disrespects the sort of the sweet science of the sport or you know, because, you know, looking from afar, I reckon it's probably a good thing because you get more eyes on a sport that has been down, but it's obviously coming and growing back to being one of the, you know, one of the top um, sports in this country. Um, just wondering your take on on what you think of these YouTube crossover what, type of performers. What are, are they streaming the fights onto YouTube? Is that what you mean? No, I mean like Jake Paul and guys that have come from, oh. you know, creating a career, you know, oh, in YouTube, you know, away from boxing and then get to a level where because they're famous, they can just step into big money fights. Um, I'm just wondering if you think it's a good thing for the sport, um, or if it's a bit sort of uh, bit sort of circus act. Like, just I, I uh, like to ask the boxers. Man, you know, that, at the end of the day, like, it doesn't phase me. You know, like mm. he can do what he wants. You know, Jake yeah. Paul can do what he wants. He's it's building a bit of momentum and stuff like that. But like I said, like it's like all we got to do is focus on us, and we'll be yeah. in that spot. Like, you know, eventually. Absolutely. we got to keep winning. we just got to keep doing our job. There's no, you know, Jacob Paul can do whatever he wants. That's not going to derail what I'm doing, you know. Yep. So I haven't really thought too much into it because it doesn't really affect me at the end of the day, you know what I mean? But, yep. um, yeah, man, it, it is what it is. Like, you know, a lot of people, I don't know about Jake Paul, you know. I don't know what he puts in behind. I feel like champions are born in the gym, you know, are made in the gym, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, you Everyone respects the grind. Everyone respects the hard work. So, you know, if he could be working really hard and, you know, he could be, you know, putting in the sacrifice or whatever because, you know, a lot of people, like, for instance, Paul Gallon, you right? Mm-hmm. Paul, a lot of people don't like Paul Gallon. For me, I'm a massive Paul Gallon fan. I think he's, you know, he's an awesome guy. He trains really hard and he, he's a good bloke, you know what I mean? So, you know, people like the YouTubers, I don't know him personally, so I can't really say mm-hmm. if they could have it or not. You know? It's a good answer. Yeah, you mentioned Paul Gallon. There was um that that was interesting today. I, I quite enjoyed it. I thought he's you know this. It's almost 
in a way, he's a great salesman because he says, you know, I'm not going to uh, pr- promote the fight anymore and does a storm off. But if you look yeah. at it you know, black and white, he's all he's done is just sold, you know, percentage more pay per views for people going, oh, he's really angry, you know. So it's yeah. it's it's good. He's he's good. He knows what he's doing. I I, I quite enjoy him as well. Yeah. No, nah, yeah, he is a good dude, man. He's a good bloke and um, he trains really hard. So that's why I respect him. But uh, yeah, it was funny because he, he, he did say, you know, I don't want to, um, you know, oh, yeah, he was over it, doesn't want to promote the fight. Yeah. And that's like the biggest thing about the fight that's happened, you know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> I, I, I came from back home messaging me about it, saying, oh, yeah. how done this, like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you're messaging me about it. It's literally working if he's trying to promote the fight. Like, you know what I mean? And even when I went to the gym today, people were talking about it. It was on the news. Like, it's just, it is what it is. So, Do you feel the pressure yourself to have to uh, engage in any of those activities and try and, like, stir the pot a little bit here and there or when you have press conferences, try and say something a little bit testy or are you just happy to let your boxing do the talking mainly? Um, yeah, man, what? I've always said that, you know, my opponent's never my enemy. You know what I mean? My opponent's my opponent. And, uh, you know, I still respect the fighter. You know, we know what sacrifices and what we had to do to get to where we are. And I'll always respect that. But um, it's not really my style to do all the shit talk. Like, I'll have a bit of banner on social media, like, whatever. But, you know, it's not really my style to do the shit talk. But um, in saying that, we don't fucking back down from shit either. You know what I mean? If if someone wants to bring it, we're going to bring it. Yeah. Across your 21 fights, mate, have you had anyone that's got under your skin, um, you know, in that in that side of things? Or have you been able to sort of separate, you know, the understanding that, you know, they're trying to get under your skin and then just do, go out and do your performance? Because I, I reckon if you fight, if you see when fighters, you can tell when they're, you know, triggered or they're fighting angry, they don't fight to the way of all their, their plan. I just yeah. wonder, obviously you're 21 and 0, so it hasn't worked, but I'm wondering, you know, now that you could, if there's anyone that actually managed to get under your skin. Sorry, I just got a phone call. I didn't get the half of that. Uh, oh, that's all right. No, I was just saying, is anyone in your 21, um, 21 wins, has anyone been able to sort of get under your skin more than someone else? Or has it been you've just put it out of your head and just been able to get in, do your training, get in and get you know get the result like you obviously have? But it'd just be interesting to know if anyone's ever been able to rattle you a little bit, you know, on that talking side of things. Um, yeah, no, not really. Eh? There hasn't been... Uh much shit talk in my in my press conferences or anything like that you know there's uh there was a rivalry between like me and mark flanagan for a while just because i was chasing that fight for so long and you know when it happened it was like the two big cruiserweights but and there's all like there was no reason to sort of get that trash talk or you know try and bring him down you know like i said it's not really my style and if someone doesn't sort of provoke it then there's no point for it you know yeah fair call Mate, speaking of styles, I always like to ask boxers how they would describe their own style. I watch you fight, and at that weight, I reckon you're just the perfect mix of power and speed. How would you describe your style, you reckon? And like, how do you reckon you'll match up against a guy like Breedis? Um, like you said, bro, power and speed is, uh, you know, picking... And speed, speed generates power, you know what I mean? Speed kills. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just about not being stupid, not staying there, not trying to... You know, it, the gener- I've said this before at a different interview, but... The generation of the hard hitters is is far behind us, I think. You know what I mean? Like, you look around these days, like, everyone that's at the top is a beautiful boxer. It's it's about moving your feet work, you know, your defense. It's, it's not – like, back in the day, it used to be, like, who could get hit and keep coming forward, you know, those rocky days or, you know, back in – but now it's about 
you know, who gets hit the less, you know. So, you know, the the, the sport's sort of um, sort of evolving. And, um, yeah, I think that's my – and it's evolving to my strength as well, you know, because, uh, you know, like we box smart, keep the distance and stuff like that. So You do. See, you saw it just as recently in the heavyweight with Tyson Fury and Wilder, you know. Crossed three fights, he got hit four times and got dropped, but ultimately got up. And if you looked at the rounds and, and the score on that overall, the, the pure boxer completely dominated. So, um, yeah, it, it, I think you can, you're starting to see it a lot more, as you've mentioned, which, you know, I, I think it's always good to watch um, good, a good boxer do their, apply their trade because it is also exciting to see a knockout. But ultimately, you know, they're, 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 the more skillful man's more attractive to watch, I think, in the ring. Yeah, definitely, man. It, it, and it's like that with every sport, you know what I mean? There's uh there's sort of that um there's always those knuckleheads and then there's uh those those the ones that know the science of the sport, you know what I mean? The the ones that you just look at them and you, they they've just got it, you know what I mean? And and that's the sort of that's what I want people to think of of me, you know? I want to box. I want to put on clinics, you know? You know, when I used to stay home and boxing used to come on TV, man, they, my old man or my granddad, they used to call me. He goes, come here, watch this, watch this. You know what I mean? We used to, I used to have to sit there as a kid and watch boxing. I used to go, oh my god. But that's <laughs> the type of fighter I want to be. I want to be that good, smart fighter that people do that with me. You know, they get their notepad out. Well, at your level as well, everyone punch, everyone does punch hard. Obviously, varying degrees of strength, but it's the punches that your opponent doesn't see which are the ones that are going to get the job done. So I reckon you're right in the way you're going about it, definitely. It's the speed, the timing, that sort of stuff. Yeah, definitely, man. And being able to have different plans and different, like you said, if you're a smart boxer and you're fighting against a man that's sort of got one skill, ultimately you're going to be able to figure out a way to beat that man, whereas if their skill doesn't work, well, you know, they've, they've really got nothing, do they? So being able, being well-rounded and being able to think on the spot and being, I guess, like your, your grandpa and your dad making you watch fights, that, that probably ultimately is something that's ingrained in you and you, you've, you've seen so much boxing and obviously done it from such a young age that you have, you know, just almost an instinct, instinctive um, way to be able to read an opponent probably while you're out there and doing it. Yeah, for sure, man. Hey, like, um, it, it's sort of just that sort of second nature. You know what I mean? You just you're yeah. doing it so long that it's just a part of you, and you just uh, you know to to do that boxing, that little sweet science sort of stuff. It's uh, it's it's that sort of stuff that it's very hard to teach. You know what I mean? And yeah, <laughs> mate. While we've got you on the pod, I need to ask about uh, 2012, the Olympics. You represented uh, Australia at the age of 16. That's Pretty bloody impressive, mate. Uh, take us through what that was like and how much that really shaped you as a boxer because it's fucking that's amazing stuff for that age, isn't it? Uh, yeah, man. Well, I uh, yeah, I qualified at 16. I, um, uh, man, crazy experience, hey, crazy experience. I was, I was such a young kid. I, I turned uh, 17 just before going into the village, like I think a month before, and um, you know, I, I really wish I could uh. Go back and do it again, eh? Because you know, when you're a kid, you, like like especially that young, you know, I, I just didn't really soak it in. You know, they, yeah, they, you don't they, at that age. They, yeah, they the destinations always better than you know the uh, the journeys, you know, to the destination or whatever. But like, I didn't really soak in the the journey. You know what I mean? And I was just I was just a kid boxing. Mm. You know what I mean? It, it was a uh, it was it was a crazy experience, and I, I wish I could do it again. But you know, it is what it is. 
It must have been wild being that age and doing something like that because, I mean, when we were 16 and 17, we were playing Shane Warren cricket on the PlayStation and kicking the footy in the court and you're, you're going to the Olympics and representing your country. Like, your childhood must have been remarkably different in the sense of, you know, you would have had friends joking around, jerking around, all that, and then you would have had training and, you know, high-level commitments. How, how was growing up with having such a, you know, a, a, and it's a discipline that you can't, you know, half ass. So was it uh, was it a, a, a different, like obviously a different childhood to a lot of your friends and did you enjoy getting into it at such a young age? I, I think ultimately it's probably going to help you and you had over 130 amateur fights, but I'm just interested to know about how, how it was as a, you know, a young man growing up, um, learning about who you are and obviously seeing your friends do other things that you probably weren't able to do because of what, what the sport demanded. Yeah, um, yeah, it was definitely a different sort of childhood, man. I, I spent a lot of my childhood in the gym and, uh, you know, my, my dad was pretty hard on me as well. So, like, yeah. you know, I, I'd be like, oh, you know, boys are going, you know, riding the bike down the road. Oh, I'm just going to go to the bike jumps. Is that all good? He'd be like, yeah, go for your run first. You know, like, uh, yeah, yeah. go for it first. When you get back, then you can go. I was like, yeah. oh, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. like that, he, he, he talked. But it, but I've carried those sort of traits into life today, you know what I mean? Like, um, sort of working for your fun, having that balance, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. You know, we, we train hard. We always, we always work hard, you know what I mean? And then, but when we always fight hard and then, you know, when it's time to let the hair down, don't worry, we let the hair down, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's all about, we got that good little balance and, you know, so. Take us through your childhood, mate, because if, uh, if my notes are correct, you're a fourth generation boxer, is that correct? So obviously your family, it's in your blood. Uh, take us through how much that inspired you and did you, yeah, as you said, you've grown up probably watching your, uh, your family members in the sport. So was it just something you were always destined for? Man, I, yeah, I had my first fight at eight years old, um, <laughs> but I, I was actually I was actually kickboxing as well when I was younger because uh, oh, yeah. in New South Wales you weren't allowed to fight uh, amateur boxing until you were fourteen because yep. they were the rules back then. So my old man just wanted to chuck me in the ring with anything, you know what I mean? And back then, <laughs> kickboxing was dodgy, eh? Like I'm talking, books, <laughs> yeah. no, no. <laughs> rock up to a fight night and you go, that kid's fighting that kid. And the trainer would be like, how many fights has he had? They just lie, you know what I mean? There's no chance. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but in saying that, I, I reckon that had a, a lot of traits of what I do today as well, you know? Like, man, I, I was – because I, I was pretty, like, sort of a big kid and, you know, the, my dad would just throw me in with anyone. He'd just go to the fight. Like, you know, what's the worst that could happen? You go in there, lose whatever, just jump out, you know what I mean? So, yeah. good experiences. So I had my first fight at eight years old and then – yeah, I was having a lot of kickboxing fights, and uh, I was boxing on uh, boxing fights as well. And um, yeah, but I, I grew up in the gym. Like I, I can't remember. I honestly can't remember not training. Like I, I grew up running around in the boxing gym ever since mm-hmm. I was like swinging off the bags. And then it, it was just a matter of time before I started punching them. You know what I mean? So yeah. Is there a time when you were coming up? You know, you said your first fights at eight. Was there ever a time? I love to ask because it's 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 just interesting if it was just embedded. Is is there a time when you were doing it and you thought, "Fuck, I'm, I've actually got something here," or is it just been persistence and 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 work rate and all that? Or do you did, did you feel something special when you were going through that? You know, from the age of eight up, did, was there a moment where you actually thought, "Fuck, I'm, I'm actually going to be able to do this"? Um, yeah, I, I was. Uh, you know, 
I, I felt like I was always ahead of my age. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like even when I was 16, you know, I made, I made the men's, you know, Australian team. So I, I, was a, I was a kid. And, um, but that's, but when I was younger, like, I reckon around like 15, when I went to my first international experience over in Kazakhstan and, um, it was the junior world championships. And this was my first ever sort of international big tournament. And I had my first fight and it was against a European champion. And I went out there and I just boxed his ears off. He scored one point. It was, you know, that one punch scoring, you know, when they punch yeah. and then all the yeah. buzzer out. So I had him on zero going into the last round. He got one point on me in the last <laughs> round. I didn't even know. So eight, one, eight one. And and he was the, you know, big gun from Germany, like European champion. And I was just thinking like, like, you know what I mean? Like I didn't realize that I, I'm, I was walking in there being, you know, these guys are all like, this is what you see on TV. You know what I mean? And then oh, I ended up winning the tournament. I, I versed uh, Germany, Kazakhstan, Russia, and well, so, some other country. I had four fights, and I won them all convincingly. You know what I mean? Like I've won them all, <clears throat> and I just like after winning a gold at the Worlds, I was just like, like it really sort of made a like a statement, like I am international level. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. And, but I, I always had that sort of thought in my head. Like I always thought growing up. I'm gonna be world champ. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a boxer. I'm a fighter. Nothing else matters, you know. But, yeah. but being a boxer, training matters. That's it. You know what I mean? I grew up with that sort of man. So I always sort of thought, um, you know, we were going to get to that world stage at one at one point. But, you know, coming back from the, yeah, junior world championships was the sort of, all right, let's do it. You know. I still. Did, did you ever think, you think about maybe uh, backing up and heading back to the Olympics at all, like at age twenty twenty one, or you just pretty concentrating on turning pro by then um at, at the time I, I went to commonwealth games 2014 and uh i fought a nigerian guy he was uh he was very big and like massive massive dude you know what i mean and he was uh he he emotionally he he mentally got to me he 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 uh he was telling my coach he was going oh i'm gonna because i was a favorite going into that uh, commonwealth games because i was coming off the back end of you know, uh, Olympics. I'd been on all this stuff at a young age. So on the international level, I was like pretty um, high up as a seat. You know what I mean? So yeah, he, and he knew that and he was going to my coach, Oh, I'm going to bash him. I'm going to, you know what I mean? And I, and yeah. I, I was still pretty young, you know, I, was, I think I was like 18 or something or, and I was like, yeah, like, or maybe not 19, 20, but um, yeah. And I, and I let that get to me. Hey, I let, I let it sort of, sit in my head and he he was a b-class fighter and i and yeah. and i let him beat me just because i tried to stand there and punch on with him you know what i mean i tried to uh i tried to out muscle him when it was just stupid and i learned so much from that fight you know what i mean i learned about the mental side of things and not letting it get to you and um yeah and then after that i went home and out of frustration you know what i mean out of uh frustration we turned professional we had our, we had my last fight, amateur fight after that, and then we we were like, nah, it, like my my old man was so pissed off, and then he's like, we're turning pro, bullshit, we're wasting time, so we ended up turning pro. But um, sometimes when I think back, I'm like, I wish I went to Olympic Games, but I don't I don't like to think about it because then you know you you wish you'd done this, done that, so. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think your uh, you know, the, the, your body of work in that amateur circuit? Do you think that? 
helps or someone like you, does it, does it help you with your professional career? Do you, do you, if you ever speak to young boxers, do you encourage them to have a, a good amateur stint or do you just, is it sort of a case by case basis with, I mean, it's obviously there's not one rule for everyone, but I, I would have thought having such a body of work in that circuit and going to the world sort of level at such a young age would help with when you get to that professional um, scene and you've got to fight all around the world and fight different men and, you know, in different um, situations. I personally would think it would help, but is, is is it something that you encourage people to do or just to take it as a case by case? Oh, man, 110%. It's, uh, it's very beneficial, you know what I mean? Just getting in the ring as an amateur and fighting as much as you can, you know what I mean? Just yeah. getting in the ring, fighting anyone, anywhere, you know, just get in there and have a crack. You know, amateur, am- I used to really care about my amateur record, but now, like, it means nothing once you turn pro. Your amateur record means nothing, you know what I mean? Yeah. You've you got to fight as much as you can because the more comfortable you feel in that ring and the more relaxed you are, the more dangerous you are. And you only get more relaxed is after time you do it, you know what I mean? you got to yeah. you got to be comfortable. It's got to be second nature. It's got to be – got to feel at home in that gym, uh, in that ring, so – yeah, and I guess if you get opportunities like you to go and, I guess, represent your country or get to go overseas and do it, that almost helps with the nerves, I guess, of the early part of your professional career, trying to get in and get some results. You're probably not as phased as, as other guys that are starting off a, a limited um, amateur background because everything's still a bit new and a bit fresh. Yeah, for sure, man. Like, uh, like fighting on those international levels, man, when you go over to Europe and even like the Olympic Games, Commonwealth Games, they're big stages, massive stages, big crowds. You've got your whole country behind you, you know what I mean? Like it, And then, you know, going into fights like this world title, like obviously it's bigger, but it's not your first rodeo, you know? You, 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 know, you know the pressure, you know your family, you know, you think about your family, your country, you know, uh, and you've, you've been there before, you know? This, this is obviously, you know, a, a bigger fight and stuff like that, but... You know, it's it's still like it's not something just catching you straight off guard, and um, yeah. but like, even like I said about that, um, you know, the Commonwealth Games about how old mate from Nigeria he got he really got in my head. You know, I, I'm I'm really happy I sort of learnt that lesson in the amateurs. You know what I mean? Like Commonwealth Game was still a huge, and that's why it got to me because it was such a big occasion, and I really wanted to win it, and. Um, like, yeah, and, like, he, he sort of mentally got to me and it made me, threw me off guard and made me not fight to the best of my ability. And they're the sort of things that I'm happy that I learned in the amateurs, you know what I mean? Because, you know, someone Absolutely. could say when I was in the pros and then I would learn it then and it would, you know what I mean, take me back. Well, that's that's what I was talking about before when yeah. I, I sort of said when guys, you know, like this guy doing all this Jake Paul stuff and the dress up and all this shit trying to maybe bit of smoke and mirrors and test your mental for it, it sound, you know, sounds like you've already experienced that, and it's it's sort of been a learning on an amateur side of things. So it hasn't affected you professionally, and you're probably a lot harder if um, unflappable, really. So it's um, it's good learning to have in a um, in a, a part where it's not as important, I guess, because obviously the amateur side of things, if you do get a loss, it, it's not great, but obviously professionally, it, it, it means a lot more. So it's uh, it sounds like you're going to be absolutely ready for whatever anyone wants to throw at you physically and mentally. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, yeah, I feel, I feel ready and I, I feel prepared, you know, for, for, for whatever they throw at me. 
Well, mate, I think my camera might have uh, turned off there, but I'm still here, mate. Don't don't worry about that. <laughs> but uh, once you did once you did turn pro, mate, you've set a pretty good pace. Like you've uh, been pretty consistent throughout. Obviously, with COVID and stuff, it's been a little bit harder to get fights. But uh, is that what you've always maintained? You just want to keep getting in the ring as you know as much as possible and keep keep active. Oh, man, hundred percent. You know. They- we want to get in the uh, ring and fight as much as we can, especially the, the first half of my career. That's that's what you really need to do. And then, um, you know, I'm, I'm at that level now where, you know, all my fights now, they got to matter. You know, we're not fighting in RSLs and, you know, we're not fighting in pubs and clubs and shit anymore. We're fighting on big yeah. So, you know, every, every fight I have has to make sense now. You know, we're not, we don't need it. You know, we, I've already done my hard yards, you know. So, um yeah. yeah. Speaking of big fights, mate, we had uh, Dean Lonergan on the show a couple of months back, and he's obviously uh, working with you. He was a big rap for you when he was on, told us to really look out for you. So DNL Promotions and stuff like that, uh, they've managed to get you this fight in Australia. So it must be good to be working with guys like that and uh, Tasman fighters, just giving you the best opportunities you can possibly get. 100%, man. Hey, uh, Tasman fighters and DNL, like the, the lengths they've went to, to uh, you know, get fighting for a world title is amazing. But fighting for it in your own home country, man, yeah. carry on top, you know what I mean? We fight in front of your hometown and then winning a world title, you can't beat it, you know what I mean? Like oh, for mm-hmm. when you when you represent your country and you walk out with Australia on your back, you know, that's a great feeling as well. But winning them a world title, flat. So that's what dreams are made of, bro, and that's what I've been chasing my whole life. Yeah. And it's not afforded years. to everyone, is it? It's 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 not exactly like it happens every week, month, or year. So being able to do it and do it in front of family and friends on your home soil, it's it. it if anything, that's got to be the biggest motivator that you've had in your career. Oh, for sure. And um, you know, it, it 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 isn't rare, but even in Australia itself is even rarer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it, Australia boxing is getting massive right now, and it's it's good. It's growing, and um, you know. Winning this will just, you know, help myself obviously and help Australian boxing as well. And it just it pumps me up, man. It makes me want. To, it's I start sweating about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, it's it's so good for you to be only twenty six too and be in the sport as it's, you know, because it, it it is absolutely on the rise and it's getting back to its glory days here in this country. And being twenty six and having this fight and having the world at your feet, it just that must just be so motivating and exciting. I guess for you and your family and everyone that's been a part of your your journey from eight years old, I guess from when you had your first fight. Yeah, man, uh, I'm I'm perfect age. You know what I mean? I'm 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 at a perfect position, to be, and especially for this fight, I'm 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 the young upcomer. You know, I've got nothing to freaking lose here. I'm I'm coming for this belt. I win this belt, and it just opens up doors. You know, then the rest of my career is just good. You know fights you know these these yeah. fights fights after winning this will be building a legacy you know what i mean Absolutely. huge for for australia once you win the world title and then start defending it, it's just it's massive and it's it's literally what every fighter aims to get you know what i mean and um so I, I, but I, I look at uh getting a few belts as well you know, i don't look at just getting this one and you know, defending it I, I want a few i'm coming for all of them Stack them up, mate. We love seeing those photos of dudes with belts just hanging off them around their neck, around their arms, their legs. They're bloody, they need a tra- tractor for them all. So just stack them up, bro. Yeah, hard out. Yeah. There's some exciting potential fights too. I mean, 
you mentioned your opponents fought uh, Usyk, and and he's obviously got he's gone up, and he's got bigger um, fish to fry at the minute. But there's talk of him coming down to a catchweight to fight Canelo in the future. So I mean, you keep doing your thing. There's some there's some massive uh, names and massive opportunities, and if if you keep winning and keep getting those belts, people are going to be knocking on your door and wanting wanting to do it. And it sounds like you've got a great team behind you and people that know how to. Uh, to do good business, so the, yeah, that and, uh, on top of everything else, the, yeah, the absolute world's at your feet. I reckon so exciting. Yeah, for sure, man. And uh, yeah, I don't think Canelo will be coming up to Cruiser. But <laughs> <laughs> not after uh, the weekend. I, 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 I knew he was going to struggle, man. And especially like if he was coming up another ten, I, mean, I got excited when they said Cruiserweight. I was like, yeah. man, I'm in this live. Mm. I will fight Canelo because yeah. he. Yeah. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I, I, yeah. I think Canelo is one of the best fighters of our generation, and I have so much respect for him, and it would be an honour to fight him. That's how. Yeah. That's what I'm fighting him. But I definitely, like, you, you've seen his last fight, you know. He fought at 81 kilos or whatever it is, but it was it's like it's like 10 kilos lighter than Cruiserweight. You know, he, he, his power punches aren't as effective as they are in the lighter weights. That's you know, right. when he comes up the Cruiserweight, he doesn't hit hard anymore. He just hits like all the rest of us, you know what I mean? So... Yeah, at a certain level, size becomes an actual issue, doesn't it? You, you can be the best boxer in the world, but eventually you're out of your depth. We, we, 100%, but in saying that, you know, you've got to respect him. You know, oh, he, yeah. he, he's testing himself. He's not picking easy fights. And, the, and that's what people, that's Hall of Fame shit, you know what I mean? That's, that's people, people remember this dude because he's always trying to challenge himself and, and you know he got a loss but i got no doubt he'll bounce back and you know I, I don't know about the rematch it'll be good to watch but man he he's a champ bro he, he's a world champion and he's earned that title he's um i saw a stat that said i think it's like he's had five fights in 18 months and they've basically been he's been working up 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 so there's also an element that the man might just and i i, I watched it and he, he didn't look that fresh in a sense that he, he, he didn't seem to have his speed, maybe because he's going up and it's hard to keep that. But it could also be that he was just a bit burnt out. I mean, he's, he's had a pretty uh, pretty good go of it and maybe the loss might be the, the best thing because he can just go back and, you know, I guess look at what they want to do from a game plan point of view and give his body a bit of a rest because it does seem like he's been fighting a fair bit. You always hear his name. You always see him. And like I said, I think the stat was five fights in 18 months and they're all big fights, big pressure fights. So, um, yeah, I guess there is a point in time where your 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 body probably just screams at you to have a rest. Yeah, man, he's uh he he has been busy, bro. He's he's yeah. pretty much the face of boxing all over the world at the moment. Yeah. So you know, you're a redheaded Mexican dude, <laughs> he's a, you know, he's he's got that image that's so different, and he's such a good boxer. So you if know, you're making twenty mil a fight, though, I'd be fighting five times in eighteen months too, probably more uh, than that. You know. <laughs> Mate, Crooksy mentioned it just there uh, about a boxer's body screaming at him. You uh, just recently, not long ago, had surgery on your hand, a uh, an injury that you'd been fighting through for like six or seven bloody years, mate. Uh, listen, you've got it fixed now, I believe, and how much better can you get? Like, it must just be so good having this thing finally fixed, and if people probably have not seen the best that you can give. Uh, I definitely think uh, people haven't seen the best in me, because, uh, you know, getting this... And it's not even just the fights, you know. It's it's the whole prep for a fight. Being yeah. able to being able to get ready for a fight was so hard. Like it it was like I wasn't I wasn't even able to do. 
a lot of sparring going into my fights. It would just be so much training because every time I sparred, I'd hurt my hand. You know what I mean? It was my – if I punched someone as hard as I could, I'd hurt my hand more than I'd hurt them. You know what I mean? And it was yeah. Thing in, in part of my career that it, the time was crucial. You know what I mean? Like it, it, I didn't have time to, you know, get a surgery and have nine months off back then. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to keep working. I had to keep, and then I just got used to it. I just got used to my hand being sore all the time, and it was just yeah. It pretty much the whole preparation for a fight was just about my hand. That's all it was. It was just about stressing about my hand. And just being out, but now having a, my hands, awesome now. There's no pain at all, and like amazing. Just being able to go into a gym and not walk out with a hand and wondering what am I going to do tomorrow for training, as just like yeah, you know what I mean. Like it, it's not in the fight. It, when you're in the fight in the ring and you got a sore hand, hey, you keep fighting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who cares? You, you just punch on. You do what you got to do. You just keep pushing forward. But when the whole prep leading up yeah. is the hardest thing to do with an injury, you know what I mean? It's like going to the gym every day, giving 100% when you when you can't even punch probably with your left hand. It's just it's just the mind fuck, eh? Like it's so yeah. difficult. Every aspect. And, yeah. and this is what I haven't felt for, for so long till after the surgery was – was the love of it, you know what I mean? The the it was it was like I resented it at one stage because my hand was just it was mm. so stressful, such a hard time all the time. Every spa I'd have to stop early or, you know, like I'd have to just use my lead hand so much and but now I can go in the gym with a smile on my face with confidence going, let's fucking do it. Like punt <laughs> punt like go hard. Just go like full on rounds and then go home, rest, then go back and do it again. You know what I mean? Like it's just a whole different board game and it's just pushed my fitness, my strength. You know what I mean? Like I, I was – when my hand was real bad, I, I couldn't even do push-ups. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah. I hurt my hand too much. So my upper body was pretty weak and now now I, I can get into all my strength training and stuff like that. So, yeah, I just feel like a whole different person. It's crazy how much your hands – you need them, isn't it? Like you said, you, it's not just the punching; it's doing your your strength work. It's doing all that. It, it's. I feel like everything's coming together at the right time. Your age, the opportunity, you know, your injury. It's all. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I reckon it's. It's all. It's all about timing, and it seems like everything's just coming into the right time for you. And it's. It's bloody exciting, mate. Now, yeah, I'd, I'd be worried if I was your opponent. Thanks, man, and and I, I do feel the same, eh? I feel like this is. It's time now, you know what I mean? Like I've, I was sitting at home with cast on my hand during COVID thinking, when? Like, come on, bro. Like, you know, mm. I, I, I need to keep busy. I need, you know, it was, and what doesn't break you makes you stronger, man. And, you know, I'm here now. I'm almost there. You know, I've been chasing it for so long, so I can't wait. Mate, we are bloody excited to have had you on, and that's a great chat, mate. We thank you heaps for your time. You've been great. Uh, look, any last words? July 2nd. For the world title, Maris Breedis, give us what you've got, mate. Anyone you want to thank or just what the fans can expect because, mate, we're excited. Mate, July 2nd, Convention Centre, Gold Coast. Come watch me win a world title. But if you can't be there, buy the fight, man, because I want to fucking, you know, do something big for Australia, man. Let's get it. Absolutely. Now, we're, we're so excited, mate. Like, like uh, 
Mick said, we're just wrapped to have have you on, and we know our listeners will absolutely uh, they'll they'll be pumped, and they'll be either uh, getting to the fight or, or or paying for it. That's for sure, mate. We wish you all the best with with not only this fight, with the you know the next part of your career after this, and you know after a couple more fights, we'd love to uh, to check back in, mate, and celebrate what you're doing. And yeah, we've just been uh, so so blessed to have you on, and you've been very uh, generous with your time, mate. So we wish you nothing but the best and look forward to chatting to you again uh, soon. Oh, man, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the kind words. And uh, man, I, I look forward to coming back on here, man. Uh, I appreciate your time as well. Thank you, mate, brother. Much appreciated. Have a good one, man. Cheers, lads. Bye. Thanks, mate. Coming at the P, Mr. Nobody. Zero dollars in my bank account, but I'ma get my fee. We the Polynesian CDE. Put up on the phone and tell them that the Usos gotta eat. Power to the peeps. This shit go too crazy. I got flows on flows. They don't know I got it. They don't know I know. Yashua said he gon' come back. I know. Boy, oh boy, wow, wee. We say it every week. I say it every week. I Bill Murray it every week. I Groundhog Day it every week. But what a man. What a chat. What a fucking. Ultimate, just I just I'm just excited, mate. Shark, another world title. Was this will be was this be our first world title on this podcast? It's be our first world title. I reckon it might it? be, mate. Once he gets it, this is going to be the first world title on the pod, and we're excited, mate. Marius Breedus, I reckon take a fucking run into the lake, mate. Jump straight in. Your time is up. It's over for Breedus. you. Breedus, man's please. coming for the belt. Breedus, please. Breedus, you stink. You're fucking around with Jake Paul. You're running around yeah. writing songs. You're getting tattoos. Like, have a fucking bit of backbone. Have some dignity, mate. Don't get a tattoo of Jake Paul's name. That is just stinky. It's embarrassing uh, to me, mate, Tyra Shark, that a legitimate boxer, right, feels the need. He has to dress up as Mario, uh, oh. engage in Twitter warfare, get tattoos all for a shot to fight a YouTube man just to make some money. Why? Mm. You, where's, where's your respect for the sweet science, the sweet art? Where's your respect for your world title? Don't worry about that. You're a world champion about to lose your belt. Have more focus on what's about to happen because it's going to happen and you're going to get spifflicated. And Jake Paul's not going to know you. Maybe that's the problem. So you probably should have Maybe he knows. He knows the writings on the wall. He knows our big fella, our big man, Jai. He's coming for the belts. I reckon Breedus. No nonsense, Jai. So he's trying to lock in a bit of a bloody Jake Paul now. So, fuck off. I tried mate. to prod yeah. him on a couple of things to get some nonsense, but he's no nonsense. Mm. He's about as no nah, nonsense. He doesn't care about anyone else or what else is going on other than himself. And that's a dangerous recipe for a young up and coming man who's ready to go. And, and about the body of work he's done at that age and what he's done and what he's seen and where he's been, I tell you, Breedus is. Uh, yeah, he's, 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 How about he's doing good. half of it with a bloody uh, a busted mitt? How about that? Like, you've had a busted mitt and you're still just knocking blokes out. Tell you what, he's got it fixed. All of a sudden, he realizes, "Fuck, how good's life? I can train properly. I can, I can learn me craft in the gym. I don't have to be in pain all the time." And I reckon, mate, I reckon we haven't even seen close to what he's capable of now with a real healthy, uh, healthy mitt. There, it's going to be fantastic. It's mate, gonna it is. Great. It, it's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic, and we're excited. We're going to be watching, tuning in. We're going to give you plenty of details on how to do all of that, and, uh, mm. and we'll be catching up with him post world title. Um, you talk about a man that's uh, having a busted mitt and not sort of being able to give himself full, uh, you know, respect to his craft. Well, there's a man and a segment that's about to come up, Mako Shark. It's your segment, and you're the man I'm speaking of. You've uh, you haven't got a busted mitt, but I tell you what, you've got some busted skulls, some busted larynxes, some busted 
souls in your wake mm. of what this segment mm. is. This segment, Mako mm. Shark, as you know, it is the world's number one segment across any platform, across any review, across anything paper-based, pigeon-based, uh, vocal-based. This segment is taking no prisoners. It's taking nothing but souls. And then you're doing it one by one. You're not even letting me know about it either, which I just, I don't know. I think the listeners think I make this up, but you do not tell me a single thing. It's all off script. It's your script. We don't know. We have a response to this segment because it's so edgy, so on the cuff. It's coming at you. Full force, Mako Shark. I'll tell you what it is. It's the Mako Shark technique. All right, Mako Shark I am coming for reverse parkers. Mate, I've had it with you, you bunch of scumbags, mate. Blokes, but not just reverse parkers. Reverse parkers that should not be reverse parking, mate. Have you ever dealt with these fucking scumbags? These dickheads, mate. I had the unfortunate experience of being in a busy, busy car park the other day, mate. There was people everywhere. Everyone's fighting for a spot. Oh, I wanted a spot, mate. I couldn't get one. All of a sudden, one opens up, but no, there's a brick in front of me, mate. But what does he do? He fucking goes, oh, I'm going to bloody wait for me, Matty. And I'll tell you what, Matty, I don't have a problem if you can just, if you can put the arm on the other seat, right, and you get the wheel in your palm, yeah. your hand, and you just oh. go whoop in one motion and you fucking slide her on in, I'm happy with you. I'll give you a clap. I'll give you two motions. I'll give you a little bit of a bloody finger. I'll go, well done, mate. That was quite nice. Yeah. And we're all on our way. But what happened, mate? What happens when most of these dickheads try and do it? It's all a bit of a look at me, isn't it? And this bloke, I tell you what, if he didn't get into that car park in under seven moves, Matthew, I'll go he. No, he went back. Seven. He went forward. He slowed down. He panicked. He went, oh, shit. He went forward a bit more. Then he went back. Then he went, oh, I'm not quite straight enough, so I'm going to come out again. He- then I'm going to wheel it around. And then everyone, mate, I'll tell you what, everyone was spitting chips in the car park, mate. He fucking took our crinkle cut. He delayed my day by 70 seconds, and that's not enough. Not good enough, mate. No, 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 no. And I bet you he thought he was way closer to the car than he was. Nothing They're worse. never even close. So they, they just, oh, they got no confidence. If you've got no car, confidence, why the fuck car are you doing it? Worth, well, any car worth its fucking, worth its bloody weight after 2011, it's got some sort of beeper or some sort of scenario parking accessory on it. And that's what shits me it even does. more because a modern car, you should never touch anything because you get to where the sensor's absolutely pinging off its head and you've still got half a metre. So I can picture what this guy's doing. And I, was, I, I mean, I'm prior to this role, I mean, now I was on the road for 17 years, Mako Shark. Do you not think I've got some gripes with some drivers? I've seen it all. actually... You, 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 I've got another version of someone in a car park that I, I actually was going to put this in another episode, but tell you what shits me is when you're waiting for a park and you go, yes, dream spot, and then you see the person mm-hmm. getting their car and then nothing happens and they sit. The other day, high sit. point, this girl, she went they across sit. and, like, I let her cross because I thought she could be going. I was a bit of a, you know, tried to get the good grace, mm-hmm. the branding points, with the, and she might give me I'm going here. So she did. Yeah, 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 yeah. going there, yeah. So I said, oh, she's going there, yeah. Anyway, she gets in the car. I'm just waiting. Don't see the lights waiting. coming on, nothing, no little vibration, nothing, waiting, waiting, waiting. Didn't want to get out of the car and tap on the window because I'm a big, bald bloke with a beard. That could be seen as aggressive. So I just sat, did a little toot. This Sri Lankan mm, man gets out of another toot. car coming up doing, oh, sorry, I'm not going. I said, not you, mate, her. Right, so I'm waiting. <laughs> then I see she's on Instagram. She's on Instagram. Oh, She's social medying while sitting in the car, not waiting on anyone, in a dream spot at the front of High Point. 
Now that person she was bloody taking a photo of her little uh, Louis Vuitton purse that she might have just bought Correct. at Icon. No, no, I did. To, I tooted again. Put it up. I did a double toot, and the Sri Lankan man mm-hmm. got back out of his car and he's like, "No, sorry, sorry, sorry." I said, "No, not you, mate. Her." And he went, "Not oh, you, sir." Her. Yeah, and then she <laughs> had the audacity to do the. She just did the head tilt back to me and went like, as if I'm not going. But it's not a place to sit in social media. A dream park mate. at a car park, making you get in, making you get out. And this is like well, you've got to at least know there's someone waiting, and you give them the courtesy. He's not waiting up front, love. Be up front about these things. It's going to happen a lot to you because you've got the baby coming, and that's that's very exciting for you and uh, Samantha, Mrs. Shark, and and it's very exciting. But what happens sometimes? You'll uh, you'll get back to the car first or whatever, and then people will see you, and then they'll wait, and you have to give them no, no, waiting for the baby, you know, all that, right? You're putting the baby strap in, and it takes you eighteen minutes. Correct, or you do the pram pull out, or the baby pull out, or put in. People get confused that you're coming or going, so you'll witness this, and you'll get a bit of like you just got to go. I'm not going, or I'm going, hanging, you know, all that. These people though, that the that social media in their car should be thrown in jail. Well, they stink. And I tell you, these reverse parkers that don't have the confidence to nail it in one, you stink. Don't do it. Know your limitations, mate. Unless you're How fucking many would you give them? Mario How Andretti. Many would you give me them? Mario Andretti. You can do it. Give me bloody uh, Emerson Fittipaldi, a bit of Nicky Lauda, a bit of bloody Ayrton Senna. Then you can do it. One move. Nice. Yeah, exactly. That's big from me. Would you give them? And then you just you slide massive? it in. Everyone's happy. Would you, get, would you give them three goes? Like, would you let? Would you let them just get a? Would you let them get a feeler? I'd give them a feel. I'd give them a feel. As feeler. long as you just go, short, yeah. sharp movements yeah. in and out. Look like you know what you're doing. I'm happy with you. But none of this. Fuck it. If you're shit, all right. If you're shit, you know you're a bit shit. So don't do it. Yeah. You're just pissing everyone off. I'm, I'm sick of it. So you just I'll want confidence. In the attempt, I just want confidence. If you're not confident, don't fucking reverse park in front of everyone and look at look bit of look at me time. I don't like it. There's nothing wrong either with conceding defeat. I feel like half of them try and get into spaces that their car's just not set out to get in. Mm. You know what? If you do a feeler and you think, fuck, this is tight, I'm going to hold up half the shopping centre, just, you know, fall on your sword, I reckon, and get out of there. Fall on your sword, yeah, Mako Shark. You build, you'll get Let car park just... respect that way. There's a lot. There's a lot of uh, a lot of angst in car parks. It's a really dangerous place to be, Matty. Let's push on. I'll put it to it you. No, I just want, I want to put it to you for a minute. I'm boiling. I just want to put it to you. A good idea, you know, like Uber. You have like a rating system. There should be like mm-hmm. car park, shopping centers, like rating systems. And if you do what you've said and waste people's time and don't get into the car park in a timely manner, you, it sort of you get like a review. And if you drop under a thing, you're not even allowed in. You got to almost you can't even be in the percent the vicinity of the fucking shopping center because I tell you what, one or two of those people in Christmas can cook your whole day. You'd be stuck forever in the shopping oh, center. And cook your day, on. Right, mate. I tell you what, it'll fuck you up for, you. for the whole day. So look, they're on anyway, notice. Good. It was time they were in the tank. I liked it. It's good. Bit more, bit more personal at the at a person, not a not a big corporate company this week, Mako Shark, mm. or at God, which we could put, we could put him in every week, but. I, uh, I digress on that, and we might get into that when we do the UFC about someone who maybe got a little bit gaudy and forgot about how to fight and lost a strap mm. um, and weren't thanking God after that, were they? Um, so, <laughs> UFC review. This this was, as you said, this is a was it was was billed as a big card, was billed as a a, a real jocks off, I'm comfy type card. Um, did it live up, Mako Shark? Give the listeners your little. Uh, you know, you run down and tell us how you. It was a bit arachnia, of a uh, arachnia Fiat One went. The arachnid eight leg multi blew up. We'll get to that, but uh, look, 
Did promise a lot. Oregon, some fights delivered. Some fights certainly did not. It was a uh, little bit of this, a little bit of that card. Overall, I'm just happy to watch fights. So I'm not going to get too upset yeah. if all the fights aren't absolute bangers. But look, overall, there were some good fights, mate. There were some good fights. Uh, we won't go through the multi too much. We'll just say uh, it blew up a little bit around, uh, oh, you know, oh, Rose yeah, I put there. my she hand probably up. Fucked the, uh, I the put my hand up. I, 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 was the, I fucked your multi with the chaos. That's, that's on me. You did push me. I said that when I was I wasn't confident with that fight, but you no. uh, you got me over the line there last week. And look, I think he won that fight. I think Chaos Williams won that fight, but it was a, it was a very close one. But he got the knockdowns. I think he even might outstruck the other bloke. What was his name again? Yeah, he did. Fucking no, he, Randy he, he, Brown. He won the he won he won round one, and then uh, probably lost round two, but then got Warwick. the knockdown in round three. So tell me how yeah. it loses. I thought he won. A lot of people on the Twitter. The Twitter machine also it's a good caught fight, that. Though. At least it was, it was a good fight. Better side, nice fight, good nice, fight. you know, nice prelim sort of scenario. What was that? That wasn't on the main card, was it? No, that that opened up the main card because of the bloody cowboy Cerrone bloody uh, food poisoning oh. situation, which was a, which oh, was a bloody yeah. shame, wasn't it? He was pooing his pants, old Donald. Pooing his pants, Don. His Donald, cowboy, no. he's fucking his chaps. Lucky he's wearing chaps with no ass in him. Might have just pooed <laughs> on the ground. Quite handy. Little bloody arseless, but, chapless uh, Donald Cerrone. All right. So that Donald didn't happen. So, poison. I, so uh, I reckon all of a sudden, yeah. without that fight, though, the card, to me, on paper, just, like, I was like, oh, no. And, mm. uh, and look, and it, then, it you suffered. Know, you talk chaos. You talk about that. That's a, that's really a fight night card, chaos. He doesn't – you know, that fight shouldn't have been on the main card of a pay-per-view. And then you get – you go into two old war veterans. Who, who, who do we have after that? Yeah. OSP versus Shogun Rua. Hua. One of the worst fights you'll ever see. Hua. Son of a woman. Absolutely. But um, that fight stunk. That fight stunk. Two old fellas just stinking up the joint. Look, they've got enough runs on the board. We're not going to spray them too much. But, yeah, that stunk a little bit. So we won't won't talk about that. Tactically, it wasn't a fight. It wasn't. mm. I want to talk about the next fight, Matty, the big one, the one that we were all excited for. And holy shit, mate. Holy testicle Tuesday, Matty C. Did that fight... Mikey Chandler, Iron Michael Chandler versus El Kakui, Tony Ferguson. We could talk all night about this one, in my opinion. What a fucking spectacle that turned out to be. Uh, it did. Um, I actually thought uh, Mickey C was in big trouble, but I feel like every fight he gives, much like uh, Gaethje, always gives opponents opportunities as much as he does, he does and can do damage. So, you know, if you watch him or you, you watch Gaethje, you know that it's probably not going to go the distance, or if it does, it's going to be a slobber knocker because they're so defensively, I guess, aggressive. So they, they try and, um, yeah, they don't leave much much to the unknown, do they? And uh, nah, Chandler dropped, fights like a maniac. With a little uh, Tony left, didn't he, from memory? It was a Tony Yeah, left. he caught one to the oh, ice hey. socket. Yep, hey. dropped him. Hey. Tony oh, looked no. good. Tony, Tony looked he was... Uh, Everyone was a bit worried, including myself, but he come out looking good. It was like, ooh, a bit of El Kikuyu of old. Dropped him. Yeah. It was nice round. He won round one, yeah. one, One round one. I think, he, I think he probably won round one. I think Chandler That's got sort of back on top, I think, by the end. But I think Tony won that round one. So it was looking like yeah, a nice, interesting fight. Mm. And then, oh, boy, give me a punter from the NFL, mate. I don't really know many punters. What's a good punter's name? Oh, bloody Doc, Pat, Pat, Ma- Pat Ma- McAfee. Matt McAfee. McAfee. Patty Mack, he absolutely just somehow, I don't know, like some spiritual awakening, and he just injected himself into Michael Chandler's body in the earlier second round, and he just went straight down the middle, connected to Tony's skull, 
And that is as highlight a knockout, I think, as there's ever been in any sport ever. Did you uh, Did you actually hear the way you described it makes – it made a lot of sense, and then you go, why don't more people do that when these guys have those Alcacui wide, the these weird wide yeah. uh, stances and with their gloves sort of out, not protecting their chin? And he just went, as you said, pop right on the button because yeah. there was a gap there fucking mile wide. So um, that could work against yeah. the old Alcacui in more fights. People could go, hang on, this front kick, uh, that's the business. Mm, and the business was the on the button. Speaking the business of- was, I thought he died. I thought he was dead. That's what I thought. I thought he was dead, mate. I thought uh, he was dead. I was wondering. I couldn't believe what I was witnessing. I thought we were watching a man deliver four straight backflips next to a corpse, and that's never been done before. No, well, I was praying for his ACL. I've got the world's worst knees, and I'm thinking the way he's doing those. Holy I just shit. think sometimes these guys, when they, you know, I think it's happened once or twice before. It's even happened in the EPL, a big celebration. A guy's done the big backflip, and when he's landed, he's gone mm-hmm. pop. Popper, well, blokes have done ACL it jumping out. off the cages and fuck their knees. Right. Blokes have done it doing the worm. They've popped their shoulders. But I think Mickey Chandler, let's just talk about him. I think right now, for mine, he's the most entertaining package in all of combat sport, without a doubt. Pretty entertaining fella. Yeah, absolutely. He, His um... fights deliver. He's a fucking little pit bull. He absolutely just does bizarre things in every fight. You know you're in for a bloody show. Then he just busts out four straight backflips after a KO. And then, in my opinion, without doubt, right now, maybe... We'll take Connor out of the equation. Without doubt, the best promo in the entire sport currently. He is doing it better than the WWE. This bloke. Yeah, he's got. He's, he, he knows his way around the mic like uh, like two gentlemen like us. But um, look, he uh, yeah, and he's got a hard on for Conor McGregor. He always seems to, in his big moments, always brings him into it. And it's just like, why don't you? Why do not this? though? I get it, but like I also like it seems a bit desperado to me at times. Like the man's won one fight in six. Why don't you focus on the actual? people that are ahead of you and instead of always just looking for the red panties night it, it's just i find it a little bit embarrassing because it's always the same thing you know oh who do you want to fight? oh conor mcgregor well he's won one fight in six so maybe pick someone who's had had a few more wins i would suggest but we all well, he called out doing. charles he called out justin he um yeah, he, he said if they're he, not uh, going to uh, give me it, i'd well, rather the i'd rather the gaichi rematch personally just because we had good the first one was we know they both that'd be swing. fantastic but now gaichi's lost and that's it, over yeah, that's but, um, the Connor fight look, will be good too because Connor's no good at anything other than striking. So if they I both just think it's a gentleman's fight. Yeah, it, it would. It'd be lovely. I think but it was also, lovely. Connor's the best boxer in the uh, probably in the entire sport. So it's a dangerous ask too if you're just going to stand and want to box him because that actually plays to his uh, all of his and only skills he's got. I agree. So I think Mickey Chandler wants that. Though. He wants these bizarre fights. He wants exciting, action-packed, entertaining fights. Mate. I think he'll stand there and bang with Connor if it happens, and he, he leaves himself open. So Connor could slide in with that cheeky left. Connor, uh, I just think it's out. a match he made in have, heaven. Connor, Connor wins that. It's a perfect match for Connor. Perfect comeback fight. It's a great, big name. As much as you think Chandler's a psychopath, yeah, it's a, probably a good matchup for Connor. No, I've got well, more. Chandler doesn't take him down him. and try and. Well, that's right. I think what I think will happen. I'm giving you an early preview in that fight. I think he'll stand and bang and go, "Oopsie daisy, I don't like this at all." And if he doesn't get knocked out, he'll mm-hmm. then go the takedown, and he'll win mm-hmm. on the ground. Or if he doesn't, he'll be finished, or he'll be finished. That's that's how I see that fight. I like the fight. I want it to happen. Not sure it will. He's actually called out your man. Or actually, your man maybe called him out. One of the two. Him and Diaz potentially uh, on the table, potentially. Diaz just wants a fucking fight. Give him a fight. He's been doing it. Just give him a fight. They interfere. They give him a fight. But again, he probably doesn't. He doesn't deserve it. He doesn't want comes up. 
Well, we want company. Mickey Chandler just wants the big boys. Yeah, Mickey Chandler probably past Diaz though. Diaz is Diaz is like Connor. He's if you look at his last five, it's not that sexy. But it's a dangerous fight too. If you lose that, all of a sudden you've lost to a bloke who's had a pretty poor record, and same as McGregor. So it's great that he's taking the fights that we all want to see. But maybe think about yourself and little Hap, and just sort of think about you know what what you can do for your family. I think Chandler knows he's in the, the back end of his career. He's coming to the UFC. He's like a bloody, what would you say, like a, like a cyclone. He wants yeah. big fights. This, If you can't get yeah. the Connor fight, the next biggest one probably would be you, you Nate Diaz. It's money. But he said Diaz, Diaz at 172, provide. which is that, that's, if you see the size, the size difference on those two men would be ridiculous. And I feel Fuck like Diaz it, would yeah. just take him down and submit him. Really? Chandler's Freak. very, very strong, though, like on the ground. He's a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. He's strong at 155. He, it's it's a big I don't jump. We've seen it happen. Oh, we see what happened. We're going to talk. We're going to talk. We're going to talk about the Canelo thing. And he's had his way with everyone. But as he's gotten up and up and up and up and up, all of a sudden his punches and what he does to men his size doesn't have the same effect on a man that's only 15, 20 pounds heavier. But like it, it makes a big difference. And I feel like wrestling don't have the same men, pop. Yeah, what's that? Don't have the same pop. No, that's right. And I don't reckon he's. You know, he, Diaz is a big, like a big man at 170, tall, lanky, sort of rangy sort of guy. I don't reckon you, you, you're not going to be able to roll him around like he's nothing. So uh, it's a good fight. No, no. I'm excited. I think it's Whoever a good fight. Fights, That's why there's a lot of options. Whoever fights, we're tuning in and we're loving it. Tell you we're not going to tune in, though, Mako Shark. Mm-hmm. Tell the listeners who we probably, if they had a third fight, we'd have to tune in due to our, our, our diligence to our listeners, but we wouldn't be excited about. That's the... Mm. the uh, the Rose, Ooh, Namajunas. Yeah. Mm. I still love her. She's our girl still, but this one's put her on notice. The Rose and Namajunas, Thug Rose, Carla Esparza, world title bit fight. Off I think uh, it was a good opportunity to catch up on some sleep, Matt. If you have uh, been struggling with the two kids, it probably could have got a bit of shadow on that fight, I reckon. But no, uh, yeah, sleepers. So I was fresh-eyed. I was fresh-eyed, and it didn't excite me. I was Lovely. too awake for it, actually. Mm, I think everyone was after the channel. Everyone's on a high. It's actually, I said to my mate at work, I go, if someone's just tuned into the UFC and they've just seen mm. this Chandler fight, they've gone, yeah. holy shit, this sport yeah. is off its ball bag. This is fantastic. I'm all chips in here. All right, sweet as. We've got a world title fight next. Here That's we shit. go. And then 25 minutes in a coma, you'd be like, oh. Not yeah. mm, this sport's not it's what I thought. Classic it was. ball bag fight, wasn't it? It's your real ball bag fight. Go, these men are yeah. psychopaths, and I like everything mm-hmm. about it. And then mm-hmm. you said you're this moving to the next one, and you bag? go, "This sport's for me. No one actually touches each other. I could do it." Yeah. I, so like look, I'm not sure what happened. Class. Probably the uh, without doubt now the the shittest, flattest title fight in history. Probably going above Adesanya Romero for mine. Just nothing really happened, did it? Five rounds of uh, waiting, waiting. We're still waiting. Yeah, and five rounds is, makes it so brutal. So mm. brutal. We just Your man had one of the years. worst nights. The wit. The wit. Fuck, the wit quit. We'd had one of the worst wow. nights ever. Fucking wit. You've got the best coach in the game, Trevor Whitman. It's just not always roses, is it? This this sport can dump you on your head pretty quickly. Wit, Wit told yeah, her two she losses. was winning yeah, comfortably. And uh, she not great, not great took, took the wits, took the wits fucking advice and didn't touch the woman. And how about that for that lady, a lovely lady, getting married and didn't get Carla, punched. yeah. That's Carla. She so got a perfect. nice smooth like, face for the wedding. The oh, problem with that Tash, is. Tash saw a bit of this, uh, you know, the embedded or whatever, and she said, oh, she's getting married. I, I said, she goes, when? I said, like, next week. 
She went, next week? She's been in a fight. I said, I know. And then you see the fight and you go, well, maybe she knew something was on. They had some sort of wedding um, agreement. Very odd. They must have. They must have paid her off. Don't punch me in the bonks. But, mate, the thing is, Carla's won the fight, right? She's got the decision. But... To be honest, I think both of them could have, should have probably lost. If it had been the other way around and they gave it to Rose, it wouldn't have made any difference. Like, there's no, no difference. I didn't call it a draw. I say Carla did anything. Yeah, so nil all draw. It wasn't yeah. like either of them earned the win. So it could have gone no. either way for Rose. Like, not like she was losing and we're all like, hey, you're losing. It was no. just this weird, neither Nothing. person did anything type of fight. So. Whoopsies, it was flat, but so uh, it flattened it flattened us out after us. So it was a real emotional card because you had the flattener with the hua, the sopranos hua, and then you had um and then you had the you know the absolute kick from hell, Richard Lewis, and mm. then you had this. So we're like, we're doing oh, if you're getting car sick because the pay-per-view is making you it, and then what happened in the main? Well, this was a sure fire. I didn't think this fight was ever gonna let us down in it. It didn't really. It kind of uh, went the way I expected it to. Uh, Charles Oliveira, with all the bloody drama before with the weigh-ins, 0.5 of a pound over, Maddie getting stripped of the title. What absolute yeah. scenes in the weigh-in yeah. the day before. It's unprecedented sort of stuff. Wild stuff. Charles. I was actually watching um, Ariel Helwani give his take about it yesterday on the YouTube. Oh, yeah. and he makes a what little bit little, of a What the little suck say? Little sucker, what'd he say? He, I agree. I think Oliveira, one of the world's most unlucky men currently, because what happened was he rolled into Arizona and got some weird mm-hmm. Arizona stickler. The commissioner, the guy, oh no, the he definitely did. No, he's st- the little stickler. fucking little scale yeah. boy doing the little ch- yeah. ch- ch- scale. Well, we're talking yeah. fucking Nimrod, fucking stickler, yeah, really Nimrod. busting balls. And then Ariel says, Let's have a look through the fucking. History of Wayne's. Let's go to when he was in Abu Dhabi and fucking Khabib got on the Oh, the, the Khabib one. And that thing was going back and <laughs> didn't even stop moving. And they're like, yeah, yeah, they're, they're close enough. Bang, like a, it was like a little yeah, Spanish salsa dancer, wasn't it? That that fucking little. That, that thing was, was levitating, mate. And, hey, hey, and he goes, have a look at fucking DC in the title fight when he's grabbing under the towel. Oh, he's taken off about oh, 36 yeah. pounds grabbing to the towel. <laughs> and what do they do in <laughs> Vegas? They just go, yeah, yeah, no, no dramas. Yep, tick it off. I don't care because they read the play. That's what happens, mate. He goes, every week in Vegas they do this. The guy goes, yeah, 155, sweet, off your move. Yeah, 170, sweet. But all of a sudden, Oliveira, he fucking mm. gets unlucky with some fuckwit. Just, I don't know. I think it was harsh. And all of a sudden, instantly, you don't have the belt for half a pound. I think it's quite wild. But so uh, I guess Well, it rules. is. But Gaethje made weight. Look, yeah. No, he did. I'm not saying he shouldn't have made weight. Maybe he just, had like, stripped him of his fucking purse I say they should have just took taken his entire um, mm. pay, all of it, and donated it somewhere, and you keep your belt, and that's a warning to yeah. you, we'll type of thing. Because it's stupid, rules, right? Because now it, he's the yeah. number one contender, Unlucky. so he's basically having he, he's defending his belt without defending it. Because if he wins, he, he gets his belt yes. back. If he loses, he loses yes. his belt. So it actually he's does essentially nothing. Essentially, the champ. You just take the, you take the heat out of the main event, don't you? You just take the you take the you, yeah. take, you deflate the room, Mako Shark. You do, and as I said, yeah, just I think he was just unlucky. Any other card, any other city, he probably got away with that, and no dramas. But yeah, anyway, what is what happened? What? It is what it is. But what happens, Maddie? He went in the ring, and fuck me, did he deliver again? Charles Oliveira, no one can sleep on this bloke ever again. He just what do you think of his continues. little delay drop? That scared me. And when he got bot, I think he almost like not faked it, but like, I think he went, all right, I'll just drop down here if he wants to come with me. I'd love it. I thought it was one of those delayed boys that you've seen once or twice before. 
A little bit. Like, I don't think... Yeah, it was weird. I think he almost said, oh, he's hit me. I'm going to just go down, and if he wants to come down with me, I'll submit him. But Justin was too so, smart for that. Didn't want to didn't borrow it. Didn't want to borrow it, but ended up there anyway. Um, mm. uh, no fault of his own, I guess. Just not on the level. But, again, gave opportunities. Got Olivia, hit. Got beaten. dropped. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Been hitting all so of his every... title fights. So, like... Yeah, he just needs someone. I don't know, someone with a bit of class and polish, and he, he you feel like he can get beaten. I liked uh, Conor McGregor's tweet, just spraying Gage. You calling him a grade A jackass? He goes, just like I thought. Yeah. Even if you got him down, you're too dumb to do anything with it. Yeah. So look, I think it, it unfolded how I thought it would, Matty. Gage is just not quite there. As soon as it went anywhere near on the ground, he actually gets lit up like the Fourth of July down there. He just doesn't mm. have any defense on the ground. He gets choked out immediately. And, uh, yeah, after calling the bloke a coward and all this shit, he's got terrible trash talk, Justin. I'm not about it. So I thought cowards, uh, I was happy cowards, to call Oliveira. No one's a coward yeah. in the oh, let's be cowards honest. Cowards a coward. Once a coward, always a coward. But oh, I'm not calling him a coward. But uh, shut up, Justin. You, you are. tap twice pretty quickly, yeah. which I'm not having a go at. I'm not a fighter. But listen, just cut it, all right? Tell you what, the scene's set for your man off a 1-6 record to come in and have a title fight. There's been oh, some no, back and back. I've seen it, mate. There's been some back and forth jarring. He's really going at it. He's been. doing the Brazilian thing again. He likes to just skirt the line of racism without being right. Like he just somehow he must get him like bombs. racism fact check. Yeah, he just I don't know. He, he he says stuff that probably is racist, but not if that can somehow make sense. And you just know if they did fight and they just decided to maybe do it somewhere crazy, like that would be one of the highest eyes on a fight ever. I reckon. Big, big fight. But I just, look, it can't happen, in my opinion. Can it? I don't but want it, it to happen. happen. I think the, it can. It, it would shouldn't. you know it would have happened if he was the still the champ and he had more control, but because he's number one contender, like they're not gonna mm. he hasn't really got a say. He's just one of the boys now, isn't he? I think Oliveira really murders Connor and I don't want to see it. I don't want to see that on pay per view. Interesting though. So who's Interesting what happens. Who does he fight? And well, it's going to be either like either straight into Makachev, Islam Makachev, or mm. are they going to make Makachev fight Dayarush and then fight yeah. it out for the number one contenders? That seems like it might be what's about to happen. But uh, yeah, if that happens, does yeah, does then Charles take another fight in the interim? Who knows? That's right. Who knows? It's, interesting it's all very things to happen. Interesting. And um, well, he won't actually because he's number one. Oh, actually, he could. Yeah, he's number one contender technically. So whoever he fights is for the belt. Yeah. Right, so, who knows? Yeah, it's 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 intriguing. The 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 belt strips very. It's made things uh, very exciting, and uh, I look forward to. I like just some of the matchups there, and I like how they, a lot of them stand and bang. A bit of a stand and bang crew, and you normally get yeah, like something it. happens. Sort of good. I yep. like the stand and banging. And um, anyway, nice review there, Mako Shark. There was something else uh, MMA related on the weekend. Do you want to? Uh, Potential fight's going to go into it's going to go into the uh, voting. I think at this point for our uh, review episode at the end of the year as a contender for oh. potentially fight of the year. Yeah, our man Joshi the Kamikaze Coon there at Eternal Sixty Five on the Gold Coast against Dimps Gillies. Our uh, listeners would have been all about it after last week's interview. Uh, mm. Our man didn't quite get the result that we wanted, but fuck me, mate, he uh, he backed up every word he said and he went to war. This is a man yep. that absolutely leaves it all out there, and that's exactly what they did there. Three rounds, probably the best fight in Australian MMA history. They're saying, no "I don't." Yeah, they're saying because I was going to say I don't have a. Uh, I won't lie, I haven't got a wide Wikipedia-like memory on Australian MMA fights, but I can tell you that it was world class from a sense of 
striking and moments. And even like the last punch of the fight, he got dropped. Uh, Dimp, Dimp Gillies, I think, caved his fist in and to the point where you mm. saw after the fight when all the um, adrenaline wore off, the bloke's hands were actually cooked. And I reckon that last punch, it was just, it had everything really, didn't it? And I guess both men weren't going to get stopped. And weirdly, Dimp Gillies didn't have a mark on his face but wore some of the biggest punches you'll I see. So I'm, some, I don't get all yep. that stuff. You know, some guys cut easily, sickening. some guys don't. It is sickening. But that, that'll go in the that'll go in the, the potential fight of the year on our awards. Night, yeah, hundred percent, mate. And I tell you, the, the just nothing but heart, grit, determination, bloody just balls to the wall. Oh yeah, nothing but respect for those blokes. And uh, yeah, as we said uh, last week, Josh Coon's on the way. He's on the way to the top, mate. It might be a bit of a uh, a roadblock that that loss, but it's not going to be the end of the story, mate. He's going to go back. He's going to work. He's going to get better, bigger, better than ever. And I reckon yeah. his next fight, whoever he's fighting, you better fucking watch out. I would just suggest it's a it's a cliche, it's yucky because I hate cliches, but it's probably the fight the, the loss he had to have at that point, and uh, might yep. might go back and watch the vision, and you know he's maybe just uh, I feel like sometimes these guys that have so much success with knocking people out and these you know these big stopping moments sometimes put that in the front of their mind and want to do it again, and had all his friends and family at you know a lot of pressure and just thought I'm going to try and like he said stop the bike hasn't been stopped before but also you do that at your own detriment because then you get tired you leave yourself open to being hit and then your game plans out the window so I feel like they'll watch the vision and then he'll go okay I've got to work on some other things I can strike I've got mm-hmm. a chin I've got heart now I'll do some other stuff and when he gets that opportunity to beat the top Mako Shark it uh, he won't. Yep. Uh, find himself in a similar situation. That's my personal opinion. That's what it looked like to me from being a non-fighter on the outside. 100%, I agree. I think this is a learning experience. It's probably good to have it now than later on in your career. And then when he gets to these higher levels, he's going to be able to draw on this experience and know that, mate, he's been through wars before. He can get through it. Yeah, good on him. Felt Bloody like a predetermined... Felt like a predetermined leg glance when the ball was pitched outside off stump and then he top-edged it up and got caught out. That's what it felt like to me, even though he should have just played a lovely cover drive. Wow. And then next time he gets that ball, he's going to smash it over the fence for six. Sorry, the cover. 100%, mate. Let's move on. So what else have we yes. got coming up this week? Fuck, we got lots. We got lots. We had uh, we had boxing on the weekend. Just a quick one. Canelo and, you know, we didn't give Mr. Bibblewark mm. much hope. Um I think we might have said it'd be we, yeah, we might on have reflection. Said, I, uh, yeah, I think we Very might have said though. If we go back and listen to the, I don't know if it was that dismissive. I, I think we sort of said it was it was one of his toughest tasks due to his weight. But you know, we just we get, just get so caught in the trap of we put him in as a ninth leg late layup uh, yeah. to juice it from a fifty-eight with Palmerbet. Thanks to Palmerbet again, greatest punting agency in the world. But we we juiced it from fifty-eight to seventy-one off the back of a ninth leg. Uh-huh. So we just. We didn't put much respect on Mr. Bivolacqua's name, but I tell you, he's um Mm-mm. he's a bad man. He's twenty two and zero himself, and as even said, he wants to go down in weight and take one of um take one of Canelo's other belts closer to I his like that. He's, yeah, he's cheeky. At, he's flipping the script. I like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. no, was a hell of a performance, wasn't it? He, um, it was just a great boxing masterclass. You know, he looked like a young Mario Lopez to me. Just minus the mullet. That's throw a, a mullet on him. Good looking man. Good, look, good looking yep. fella, I reckon, Bibble. And didn't uh, didn't get yeah. his face smashed up and did a clinic really. Um, Phenomenal. So that, was, that was it. Was just when it went because uh, of the Tony kick and all what else was going on on the weekend and everything was. Ha- I almost felt like it just 
no one really put any respect on the guy's name and he just come out and fucking, yeah, it was sort of a, people in a bit of shock, weren't they? Oh, he lost. Okay. People were. But, uh, look, a lot of people are going to try and use this against Canelo or jump off him or blah, blah, blah. Everyone likes to criticise. But, mate, there's no shame in achieving or well, striving for greatness, I should say. No, no shame in that. Look, he went up. He no. just keeps going up in weight. He keeps trying to do more, more, more. Eventually eventually you get to a point where you might not be able to do it anymore. So no, no. shame in what happened there to no Canelo. Shame. And, uh, look, no. He's a fucking – he's we one of the all-time greats. He'll we be fine. about it with Opatia. He's fought five times in 18 months and gone up in weight every time. So let's, exactly. maybe the kid just needed – or the man just needed a rest. It's a fucking hectic workout schedule. Yep. And obviously fighting up is going to take a toll. So, yeah, he'll be back. And don't even think about sleeping on him for – you know, being one of the best pound for pound, if not the best in the world, because you're allowed to have a fucking mm-hmm. off-night, Mako Shark. Speaking of um, boxing and uh, Floyd, is Floyd, he, he's only other losses. What, what's Floyd up to? He's he got exhibition or what's happening here? Floyd's doing some sort of uh, exhibition <laughs> sort of setup in Abu Dhabi or something. I'm not That's 100% not around it, but I've seen that he's doing something Floydish. Floyd, very Floydy. He's got an exhibition fight, I think, Mako Shark. He's a, he, he he gambles responsibly. Everyone says he's a bad punter, but he put ten on Bivol, put ten on ten k on Bivol Aqua, and made fifty eight grand easy or something. Money's. Said yeah, easy money. So um, people that say Floyd doesn't punt responsibly, I reckon they got to fucking have another look because that was a nice little collect for Floyd. Lovely. His last exhibition fight just was fucking was in Japan. So imagine the money he's made yeah. for that, and he absolutely mm. destroyed the bloke, right? The little national hero fucked him right up. Two seconds, wasn't it? Yeah. Now he's going to Abu Dhabi. He's, I tell you, he's an astute businessman. He knows what to do and how to make squid. Mate, he, he knows all about making the big squid. So, look, whatever the hell happens there, I'll try and find a little stream of it or something. I'll watch it. I don't know what the fuck to expect. Well, it won't be on yeah. it. It won't be a pay-per-view, so you're not doing anything illegal if it's not offered in your country. I mean, fuck. What are you supposed no, to do? You're supposed to no. keep, give the content, great content to listeners. I tell you, Mako Shark, something about big and something about great and something about good content is the uh, the No Limit Boxing event tonight. So we're potting nice. pre-event. Um, so we'll do a review of it next week. You could already say yep. that one of our friends of the pod, you could already say she's going to win before it's even happened. Um, so she'll Mate. keep our uh, our win-loss continually rising. But uh, maybe just... Well, let's mention it. Our girl, one. Lynn yeah. Sandstrom. Lynn Sandstrom. This is happening in about an hour's time. So we're, we're she's on, on an Wednesday, hour. But this will, this will come out yeah. tomorrow. So whatever we're talking about, it's going to have already happened. So who the hell knows? But she's fighting for the bloody something or other Asian-Australian title. Our girl, Lynn Sandstrom. This is big. First strap. Her first looked, strap. This is going to be she big. Heated, She's looking she terrific. She looked, a bit he- she looked heated, though, though. She gave a bit of a oof. Yeah, a yeah. Sort of, she's... She did a little sort of a little, how's your father? A little sort of shoulder that. Like She's here to, here to fucking kick some around, ass. Mate. That's what she... Oof. She's not fucking mucking around. She wants this title, oof. first of many to come. So she's yeah. on early. I think first fight up on this big card. So hopefully uh, she gets the job done. I'm sure she will because she's been just back from the big world tour. We've already spoken about many and many a time. Costa Rica and bloody Manila and America training in Los Angeles, all this sort of stuff. Just been, yeah, everywhere, mate, everywhere. And in between, she's been dominating, taking names. So looking forward to that. Good luck, Lynn. I'm sure by when this comes out in the morning, you're going to have that strap around your waist. Absolutely, and uh, we've got a few other. It's a good card. Like they, I'm telling you, mate, they're they're putting the they're putting the. Uh, oh, no limits are doing foot it. Foot forward, new limit. What are we got? Really we got bloody doing it. Nikita uh, Zoo on the card. We got Nikita Harry Garside fighting. Garside, 
You've also got uh, the, the big boy Gallon, who, as we talked about boy. with our man Jai, we said he said I'm not promoting the fight, but in doing so, and the way he did it, he's promoted. He's probably <laughs> gave lined the man's pockets a little bit more. And have you seen? Thanking again to Palmerbet, our uh, great sponsor and partner. And please, when listening to us and any sort of odds or betting or anything to do with uh, spending your hard earned, do it responsibly. But have you seen what the uh, the bet? Makers or the you know the people that know what they're doing the uh, mm-hmm. the form guy have you seen what's going on with his opponent the big man from Craigieburn the form Chris. no I haven't so what's he started happened? he started at nine dollars fifty or eight dollars sorry eight dollars oh, fifty and he's plunging? all his mates no well he's plunging because all his pals like know how good he is mm-hmm. so they've said well, yeah that? they're all putting their I've read an yeah, article nine. like so they've banged it into like he's two dollars twenty now. Wow, it's been great bangings. It's been one of your classic sort of form bangings, and uh, they've banged it in and they've taken the value at eight dollars fifty. And I wish we had a few weeks ago, but we didn't. So we're not punting on it. That's hell of a value that is. Uh, well, it was. It's not now. It's like a dollar fifty-five to like just, a two dollars uh, twenty. Let's go with uh, it, Matty. I was going to do for the UFC, but I reckon stuff them off. Shit card this week. Let's do the multi yeah. on this card tonight. All well, right. Probably useless because it doesn't come out until tomorrow. But anyway, let's do it. <laughs> Palmer <laughs> no, Bear, do multi. We'll, we'll do, do a don't quick do UFC it. one right. then. Don't do it. Don't do All it. All right. No, it makes sense. I thought about it just at the end there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was cute. We, we could do it on the side, but, you know, not going to help anyone, is it? So just do a quick. No, it's not. We don't have to talk too much about the UFC. Just give us your picks for the UFC event. But we wish our friend of the pod, Lynn, all the best. And I think, uh, maybe, you know, future, future friend of the pod, Big Gal. He's been floating around the yeah. Instagram. He's liked a few things. So he's he's right on the cusp. Good friend of uh, our man Jackson Murray. Yeah, and Jackson absolutely. Murray, good pals. So everyone's just pals on this. Lots of friends of the a network. This pod, a network. We're building a network for people. We, you know, we're building a, a great uh, great channel for people to tell their stories and connect. And uh, and we're doing it well, Mako Sharks. So let's just um, let's just go through a, a, how many legs you want to do for a fight night. Four. I'm just going to do a quick uh, four legger. A quick four legger yep. here. Yeah. UFC fight night. Let's go yeah. with it. Charcoal Chook. The Charcoal Chook Agin. I'm going to stick her in the multi. Not normally <laughs> a big fan Chooks. of her, but I like Sammy's Charcoal, charcoal Chook Agin. Sammy's Charcoal Chicken. I like it. Chook Agin, you're in. Probably the first time you've ever been in my multi, but I like you. You're looking yeah. good. You're playing $1.56. Palmer bet. Gamble responsibly. Gamble. Then we're going to go into David Grant versus Louis Smolker. I like David Grant. Grant. Yeah, yeah, I reckon he's going to get the job done here against Smolka. I reckon Smolka's got nothing on the Davy. Yeah, then we're going to go to a big co-main. He's a Chukalaba versus Ryan Spam, eh? It's a tough one. This is a tough one. But I reckon uh, Kudalaba, yeah. I reckon he's just got what it takes. Yeah, I like that. Bit. What do you reckon? Yep. What do you reckon? Oh, I'm happy with you with on that a big, one. Look, Ryan Spam, he's ranked 13. Like he's a, he's, a, he's a ranked light heavyweight, so this could go either way. But I like cool. Ion. Ion Zeering. Ion Kudalaba. I think it's a fantastic Kudalaba. thing to go with. And then we move on, Matty, to a big – this is actually a very big uh, fight night main event, this one. A light heavyweight bout. Big ramifications for title. Title fight. I love, title, ramif- uh, I love, I love ramifications. Love yeah. Them. We've got the number one ranked, the ex-champ, Jan Polish power, Blachowicz, your boy. Yeah. Versus yeah. the number three rising star, Alexander Rakic. Yeah, this could well, go either way, yeah. mate. This could go either way. And I'm actually surprised by the odds, mate. What I would have thought Yarm would probably be a lot shorter than he is. He's paying 255. I was going to say, a lot of people sleeping feeling, on Polish I was going with, Well, I was going with – I, I love the – you know, I love my uh, my sort of straight up and down – 
um, Eastern European type of fighters. Um, you do. Or through that European sort of uh, side of town. But I just feel, if you look at, like I said to you, that when we talked about the uh, Danny Glover fight, I mentioned to you that before Jan's Polish power reign and gimmick started, he lost like five fights in a row and was about to get cut, if you remember that, mm. and then went on a tear. Yeah, he had a bit of a run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. now he's, you know, he's just been beaten by a man that's one foot in the retirement home. And I feel like this is, uh, I personally feel like Jan's done. I only shot. That's my take. Wow, big call. Jan's big call. Jan's Polish power's mate. through. Whew. All right, I'm going to go power. with you. But you know, you go with you. It's your, it's your multi. It's not mine. I just felt yarn at 255 was pretty juicy. But, no, it um, is juicy. Now, but we love value. Have you gone any other value? You don't just want to go four faves. I know. Four favors. We're going to get peanuts. So I'm going to have to put yarn in just to You can separate opinion and value, I feel. like you can, you can give an opinion, but then you can give the value to the listeners. And if it doesn't win or it does win, we win either way. Because I've said, and you've said, Polish power. So either way, this podcast predicts the winner. And that's how we like it. Well, you're probably Fence right. Sitting. We like it. Fence we like to just take one little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Look, <laughs> Rakic on a little bit of a run. He beat Santos in his last fight, unanimous decision. That was fucking a while back now, though. It's a year and a bit ago. He beat Anthony Smith before that. He lost to Uzdemir before that. Look, I don't know. Like, people are on him. He's got a bit of hype, but I'm not sure it's, he's all that. You know, and a bag of potato chips, Matthew. So no, no. I'm going to put Blahovitz in the in the multi just because I like him. I like it. Yeah, I don't and look, and I like pay, him too. Uh, but I just feel like the, the the start before the run and then the loss. I feel like he could just go back to being the guy that loses. You know, it's not like yeah, you know, could he just momentum definitely and, could. And, but and, I reckon and, uh, take the value. I reckon this is the week he uh, it lets everyone know you all forgot. I'm pretty good. It's paying $7.67 on the Palmer Bet four-leg multi. So it's nice enough, mate. It's nice enough value, I reckon. Juicy, juicy, juicy odds. I like it. Anything over $5 is uh, is a way to cut down on your uh, your expenses if you've got any sort of outstanding loans. You can make a quick buck with the Mako Shark multi. Uh, I haven't got much else, Mako Shark. I'll just say, uh, you know, shout out to the little fella who's picked up his uh, spicy cough. We've done the PCL. We're waiting mm. on that because you never know these rats because he's running around like nothing's wrong with him. But if there is, you know, if he does have the spicy, uh, you know, the mixture of the, the vid, I just hope he uh, he feels all right, the young fella. And I pray for my wife Absolutely. who has two children who can't leave the house for seven days. Yucky. Did she test the old positive? No, or she hasn't tested it. We're, we're, both, we're both clean. We're, we're pissing both, clean at the minute. Uh, that's um, good. He's like hot, and uh, we haven't. But she can't leave the house because I'm at work. You see, well, I'm, I'm legally mm. allowed to go to work if I rat. So I rat every morning, and um, yeah, and right, she can't leave the, the house car. though because she's got one infected child. So shout oh, out to yeah, Walsh here because that, that's a big uh, a shout big out. Made Unbelievable! Clap can't off. Do anything. Clap off. So that's no. all I got to say. I'll, I'll also give a little shout out to yourself and Samantha because this is basically uh, well, all things considering your last weekend as a. Do you? Oh, yeah. No, I've got one this more week. app I thought you were going to say. But, yeah, last no, weekend. No, last weekend is the two of you. Just you two. For the rest of our life without yeah. a uh, another human oh, being. Mate. So it's big. Tell you what I'd do if I was you. This is what I'd do if I was you. I'd do absolutely nothing, right? Just spend the time <laughs> together, right? Do things together but don't do anything. And uh, yep. enjoy peace and quiet and just where well, you don't have to worry about anyone else but yourselves. That's what I'd be. That'd be That's my, exactly uh, my plan, mate. I'm going to watch the Pizza, Cats game, whiskey, have a couple jocks. of whiskeys, 
jocks yep. off, just all sorts pizza of nice, whiskey jocks. Antics. It's the combo, mate. Because <laughs> you're not going to be able to do pizza whiskey jocks for a while. I can do some pizza, surely. Fuck. I mean, but I mean, without, I mean, the, sorry, without the mental of I've got yes, to worry about what's you. going on over there. You know what I mean? Because you can I've you can pizza you. whiskey nah. jocks without care in the world, but you'll have a care in the world now. So it'll be a different pizza whiskey mm-hmm. jocks. Anyway. I'm with you. So yeah, it's exciting times, man. It's probably it, Maddie. Episode twenty nine in the bank. And they're belt yeah, by yourself. It. And uh, I love how we give each other a little suck at the end. And because um, no one's really listening, so and if they are, they're fantastic, and we love them. And a shout out to them. Thanks to the sponsors, Mako Shark, and you know maybe tell the listeners who they are and take us out. I'll see you. Absolutely. Uh, yes. Thank you, Palmer Bet. Gamble responsibly. Australia's greatest, as always. Another big shout out to our guest this week, Jai Opatia, July 2nd. He's fighting for the world title. Maris Breedis, if you're at home, chuck him a follow. Give us a bloody like. Give us a subscribe. Give us a five stars. Oh, did and you get any casserole? Me. Sorry. Oh, wow. You're you going rude. into something late. I did. No, no casserole, did, 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 did you get any casserole photos? Do we only want a meal? No, no one's even dared show me a casserole after last week, mate. <laughs> They'd be too embarrassed, I think. Okay, I just, People I just, scared I, off. Back in that, I was just excited because we said, send us your casseroles. I was just wondering if we had zero casserole feedback. No, no, <laughs> disappointing. Roll the root me again. Sorry about that. I just got excited. I, I remembered about it. And now I don't owe anyone any money or right. food, so I'm happy. Okay. Very good result. And as I just said, bloody root me. Oh, fuck is that guy?